Good morning. My name is Mike, and um, like Eric said, I'm going to. Uh, I'm blessed to have the uh, opportunity to take us through this this first message of this uh, sermon series leading us up to Christmas. So I'm really excited about that. So, um, do you guys remember what Christmas was like um, as a child? Looking at it through the eyes of uh, you know, as a child, um, for me. You know, I, my parents didn't have a lot of money, and so we didn't always have the uh, latest and greatest toys, but Christmas was always a, a very magical moment or uh, time uh, at my family, uh, at my home with my family. And, um, you know, often on, on Christmas Eve, my mom would make fresh cookies. You know, they were warm and soft. And, and uh, when we had to go to, to bed, We'd lay down in, in anticipation with all kinds of excitement. We could barely sleep, right? And then the next morning when it was time to wake up, we wanted to just tear out into the living room. But, of course, we had to wait for my mom and dad to go to the bathroom, get their coffee, things like that, right? And when it was finally time to, to do it, we'd take, out, take off out into the living room. You know, and sometimes we'd, we'd have, like, you know, stocking uh, with some stuff out on the couch or, or whatever and, and presents under the under the tree, and, uh, and it was just really an amazing, amazing time, a lot of family memories and that sort of thing. But you know, somewhere along the line, um, some of that awe and some of that wonder sort of, uh, you know, I, I lost it a little bit. Um, and it kind of makes me think, like, I grew up loving sports. I loved football, I loved baseball. I especially loved the nostalgia of baseball records, and, um, you know, I, I thought that Roger Maris's uh, single-season record of, of 61 home runs was probably about the most unachievable record in sports um, because, you know, most seasons, players rarely hit, you know, even 50. And so uh, in 1998, when Mark McGuire was chasing that record and eventually set the record at 70, um, I sort of had this this, this rush of, of nostalgia and awe and wonder that I had had as a, as a child when I used to think about, you know, setting those records. And then all of a sudden, I start hearing things about, I see, hear these rumors about performance-enhancing drugs and human growth hormone and things like that. And then I heard Mark McGuire testify about using those um, in that record-breaking season. And again, that, that luster and that awe went away um, yet again in my life. And, you know, I still, I still love baseball, but it just doesn't have that same, uh, the same feeling to it anymore. So I wonder what happens to the wonder in our lives. Maybe we get a little bit cynical because of life's respo- responsibilities. Um, as adults, we get burdened by... Uh, disappointments by the stress that weighs on us or sometimes maybe we we just get in a hurry and we forget to enjoy the moment or even notice the moment and maybe we dismiss wonder um, as as something a bit childish Um, philosopher G.K. Chesterton said the world will never lack for wonders only for a lack of wonder. But everything about the Christmas story is a wonder. The infinite God of the universe, 
broke through time and space to come and, and become one of us. And he showed up in the most unassuming, helpless way possible. He was born into poverty. Um, his parents were homeless immigrants. And yet, this child was God coming into our world. One translation says, he became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. So, uh, this series is based on a passage in Isaiah 9 where uh, the prophet Isaiah, 700 years in advance, describes the coming king, king who would be sent by God. And like Eric said, this would be the Messiah, right? This is, uh, th- he's chosen by, by God to rescue the human race from sin and darkness. And in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So each week in this series, we're going to look at one of those names in this passage and and, uh, that that prophetically describe Jesus Christ. And this week, we're going to talk about Wonderful Counselor. And there's a lot that we could say about... Jesus as a counselor, we could certainly talk about his wisdom, right, or um, his life-changing teachings, but today we want to focus on the wonderful part, because I think that's something that we need this year. Um, It's hard to come out of 2020 without a level of cynicism, maybe um, some some sense of disappointment disappointment, disillusionment, and most of us probably, uh, our sense of wonder has, has been worn pretty thin at this point. So I want to explore today what it means that Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is a wonder. Everything about him is distinct and amazing, and he invites you to experience a life filled with wonder. The Hebrew word here is pele, which is, it's actually a noun. It's not just saying that Jesus is a wonderful counselor, but that he himself is a wonder. The word means extraordinary, astounding, hard to understand. So the Messiah is not just wonderful, although he certainly is that, but he himself is a wonder. He's a being of wonder. In fact, he's the source of wonder. So it might help us here if we define what wonder is, although I'll tell you what, I think we all certainly know it when we encounter it. Uh, I want you to think about the first time that you looked through a microscope, right? The first time you put your, your eye up to that lens and that image, all of that color and detail popped out and you saw something that you were never even aware of before. Or how about... Uh, seeing the earth from 22,000 miles away. Can you imagine looking out of your rocket ship window and seeing everything that you've ever known, everything you've ever been able to see from, you know, from shore to shore, whatever, horizon to horizon, contained right in, in one frame here. You know, my, my mom and dad live uh, in northern Wyoming. And so we go up there and visit often. And uh, the route up there takes us through Yellowstone Park, right? And which is a wonderful place. And I generally do the majority of the driving. 
I generally do all the driving um, when we go on, on vacation. And uh, so when I go through Yellowstone, I have a tendency sometimes to, to not look at the beauty, but I focus on those little problems in front of me. Tourists, buffalo, geysers, right? Waterfalls. I don't want to hit this, so I'm, I'm really focused on, on these kind of things, and I forget to look. But a few years ago, we were getting ready. We, were, we had left for a vacation. I got out here onto the freeway, and as we got onto the freeway, I get hit with a kidney stone. And we've got to turn around and go back to the hospital, and I had to get some medication to deal with the, the pain, which didn't allow me to drive. So Megan drove on our way up to uh, visit my parents. And when we went through the park, and I got to see things that I had sort of forgotten about. And I, got, I, and I was able to look out the window and intentionally look for these amazing things that God had created. And I was in awe. I was completely dumbstruck at that. So, it, you know, oftentimes, I mean, we know what, we know what, what wonder feels like, right? Because we've, we've experienced it. But let's, let's get an actual definition here. Dr. Neil Burton, a psychologist, said, wonder is a complex emotion involving elements of surprise, curiosity, contemplation, and joy. It is perhaps best defined as a heightened state of consciousness and emotion brought about by something singularly beautiful, rare, or unexpected. And as we'll see, Jesus is rare, beautiful, and unexpected. But Dr. Burton mentions surprise and curiosity, but I don't think that quite does it. Um, it's, it's, it's more than that. It's much deeper than that. It's a kind of amazement. It's a kind of jaw-on-the-floor awe. 2,000 years ago, this wonder broke into our world, and they named him Jesus. Everything about Jesus is unique, distinctive, and amazing. Everything about him evoked wonder. And he invites you this season to experience that wonder. In fact, he invites you to experience uh, that a life filled with wonder every season. It's not just Christmas and Jesus' birth that's wonderful, but Jesus' words are wonderful. His revolutionary teachings have have crossed cultural barriers in over 1,400 languages. In the New Testament Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5 through 7, we find the Sermon on the Mount, which is often considered the greatest sermon ever preached, and I, I agree with that. It, it definitely is. And in these three chapters, Jesus covers so many different facets of the human condition. He addresses anger, marriage, forgiveness, desire, talks about loving our enemies, and giving to those in need. Prayer, anxiety, judgment, and wisdom. And with every topic that, that Jesus raises, he takes conventional wisdom and just flips it on its head. The things he taught were completely revolutionary. In fact, I'd say the things he taught are still revolutionary. Here's a few of the, the, the things that come from that sermon. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. You've heard that our ancestors said, you must not murder. But I say, even if you are angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Talk about revolutionary. How about this one right here? 
You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. When you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Can you imagine the pious leaders of the time hearing that? Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? Or the golden rule, do, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. We could go on and on with these concepts from this sermon, but what I really want you to take note here of is the response of the people when they heard this. In Matthew 7, uh, 28 and 29, it says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority quite unlike their teachers of religious law. The words they heard Jesus speak filled them with wonder, and they were absolutely amazed. These same powerful words have crossed every ethnic and cultural and economic barrier. Um, Like I mentioned a minute ago, they've been translated into over 1,400 languages, and, and they've spanned the globe, and they've shaped entire populations with these teachings. And we're still amazed when we hear what, what Jesus said today, especially when we take those truths into our heart and really grasp and put into play what they say. Now, it's quite natural, I guess, to, um, to read this and to think, well, that's great, 2,000 years ago, to be able to see that. That must have been amazing to see. But what about today? What about you know, seeing these things now? I'm going to tell you that this room is full of people who have experienced that awe and that amazement at, at different times, but it's not just at Christmas time, but in every season of our life. Jesus' actions are wonderful. Everywhere he went, he amazed people with his ability to bring healing and wholeness. See, as Jesus walked from through, through these different cities and villages in, in ancient Palestine, he was constantly doing something that was unexpected and incredible. Let me show you an example here in Matthew 15. It says, Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed a hill and sat down. A vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, and crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. I'm sorry, it went one too far, I think. Sorry. Uh, they laid him before Jesus, and he healed them all. The crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame were walking, and the blind could see again, and they praised the God of Israel. See, as he walked around, these huge crowds would follow Jesus. They One, they'd follow him, but if they found out that he was going somewhere else, they'd, they'd often run and, and get their, their friends or their family members um, that were sick or, or ill, and then they would go to where Jesus was going. And they brought their loved ones to Jesus in hopes of, of healing. And the result was those who were unable to speak began to talk. And those who were crippled were made well. Those who couldn't walk began to walk, and those who were blind could now see. And it's not surprising that the crowds were amazed at Jesus, what Jesus was doing. Of course they were. 
Who could see those things happen and not be completely moved? Imagine what it felt like to be there that day, to see a man who's never walked, to suddenly stand up and walk and run and dance. Or imagine a woman who has never seen, and suddenly her eyes are open and she can see the beauty of God's creation for the first time. Or she can see faces of, of people that she, that she loves that she's never been able to see before. Or for somebody who has never heard a human voice to be able to hear people talking, to hear people singing, to hear music. Maybe you've seen a video like this on, on YouTube. There's a lot of them up there, but I want to show you one so you can kind of get a sense of the wonder that people must have felt watching Jesus. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. <laughs> Daddy. Yes, here. Hi. Technically, your device is on. Can you tell? Oh, it's exciting! Can you imagine that? Seeing that on a on a regular basis, I I mean that is that's overwhelming. Each of those is you know one person, but imagine being in a crowd and seeing that. that you know, five or 10 or 15, however many people. I can't even imagine. I can't wrap my head around that. Seeing this kind of thing with Jesus happen again and again. But this wasn't a surprise, right? Because, I mean, he walked on water. He healed the lame. He restored people to life who were dead. He commanded the forces of nature, the wind and the waves, and it obeyed him. His actions are wonderful. And I want you to know, Jesus still brings physical healing, but he also brings healing to hearts, relationships, to our failures. He brings wholeness to the most painful and broken parts of our lives. And I want you to know that we can turn to him and trust him with our needs and our losses. Because Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is wonderful. His words are wonderful. His actions are wonderful. Jesus himself is a wonder. So let's bring it back to this season. I was already there. Jesus' birth is wonderful. The creator of the universe loves us enough to show up in our broken world. At Christmas, we celebrate the wonder that God came to us himself. And it's not just the lights. It's not the, the falling snow. Pray for falling snow. Um, 
it's not even the anticipation of the presence and the gifts, but there's wonder in the air at this time of year. And ultimately, the reason why is because the child born is God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. Alistair McGrath said, God did not send a subordinate to redeem us. He chose to do it himself. While I was preparing for this sermon, I was watching some of those feel-good videos, and I was watching this one. Um, it was a man who was, who was uh, on the phone with his son, and his son was deployed to Afghanistan and, uh, and, and was calling to say, hey, you know, I'm not going to be able to, to be there, but I just got confirmation that your gift was just uh, delivered to your house. So I, I'd like to be on the phone with you when you go out and get it. And so the dad goes and he opens up the, the front door and there is his son standing in, you know, his, his full dress uniform on his doorstep. And Jesus' birth reveals the creator of the universe loves us so much that he showed up on our doorstep. He came in person to be with us. And, and those who encountered that baby, they knew they were seeing something amazing. In Luke 2, 16, it says, They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Everyone who heard the story about this, the birth of this child was, was overwhelmed. But guess what? The wonder of his birth was never meant to be kept in the past. Jesus is still alive today. And he wants to break into your life this very day. And he wants to be present with you. And wouldn't you love to be blown away by the wonder of his presence this Christmas? So as I close, I want to just share one more analogy. Um, you guys remember about, I think it was three years ago, the, the solar eclipse that we got to experience here in, in Utah. Up until that point, I had never experienced one, and I wasn't all that interested in it until you experience it for yourself. It's pretty amazing. So an author here in Utah, her name is Margaret Feinberg, she, she said this, temperature plummeted, darkness descended, jaws dropped. Yesterday, we stood in holy awe, the heavenly display wrapped by celestial power and beauty. A black fireball compelled strangers to erupt in wild applause at the airport. People who didn't know one another were sharing sunscreen, snacks, and conversing. Wonder drew people together and encouraged unity. And it made me ask, what if you could continue the awe and wonder of the eclipse every single day? Well, what if we could continue the awe and wonder of Jesus every single day? The words, actions, birth of Jesus still have the power to strike us with wonder when we allow ourselves to be captivated by him. See, Jesus is still with us through his spirit in the heart of, of every Christ follower. And this is why we're approaching Christmas season this year with, with anticipation. Because we have 
an invitation to be wide-eyed with wonder again because the Savior of the world has been born. So let that reawaken in you, that childlike faith that expects something amazing to happen. So every day from now until Christmas, I encourage you to say a simple prayer. When you get out of bed, when you walk down the, the hall at work, Jesus, I'm ready to see your wonder. It's like when I walked, when I was, you know, driving through Yellowstone, when I, when I opened my eyes to look at that awe, that, that awe-inspiring beauty and God's creation, I wasn't disappointed. It was there. All I had to do was, was stop focusing on what I thought my, my issues were and look for it, and there it was. If we open our heart and eyes, we'll see that God still does miracles, and you can experience the wonder of Jesus. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The wonder of, of Jesus is, is still all around us, if only we have eyes to see it. Jesus, I am ready to see your wonder. Jesus, we are ready to see your wonder. Will you guys pray with me? Lord God, I just ask you in this season to help us keep our eyes open to see your wonder because it is there and we know that it's there. And I just ask that we, that we can be focused, that we can look to you because Lord, you tell us in your word that, that, that we can count on you and that we can trust you. We know that if we open our eyes to your, to your wonder, we'll find ourselves in awe of your actions your blessings, and your glory. Lord, let heaven and nature sing of the wonders of your love this Christmas season. Lord, we love you. We say this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.